0: You're listening to our Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhalayn and al hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhalayn.org slash support. Previously, we examined a brief biography of Aisha, the wife of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi and why is it that we the followers of Bayt, are critical of her role, especially after the Prophet sallallahu alaihi and why is it that we do not see her as a religious authority to take our religious teachings from, so we've examined that academically and objectively. One final discussion before we move on, is a quick analysis of the story of the ifk, the accusation that was made against Aisha. We briefly talked about it when we spoke about Maria the Coptic, the wife of the Prophet, but now we will present an overview of the story of the ifk. There is a verse in Surah An-Nur about the story of the ifk that a group of people, they brought forth this accusation against one of the wives of the Prophet that she committed, you know, indecency and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala vindicated her. The Quran is not clear, you know, who was accused, but it says an accusation was made. Now what's the mainstream story in Sunni sources? So basically during one of the expeditions of the Prophet, On the way back to Medina, the caravan of the Prophet stops to rest. Then when they resumed the trip, they did not realize that Aisha stayed behind. Aisha was basically looking for something, so she stayed behind and then later some companions came to get her and so the Prophet arrives Medina without Aisha, so those companions brought her some hypocrites accused Aisha of committing indecency with these companions. Bukhari's version narrates the first person from her, she's speaking the story, she said I stayed behind because my necklace got lost, so I went back looking for it. Now when uh, I went back looking for it, the caravan left me, they didn't realize that I wasn't with them, so long story, she finds it, some companions help her, they go back to Medina. She stay, She says for a month after the accusation, the Prophet was dry with her. Who's saying this? Aisha, in which source? Bukhari. She says the Prophet was super dry with me. She goes to her parents, the Prophet consults Imam Ali, and Osama the son of Zayd, Osama ibn Zayd, she says the Prophet consults them, should he divorce me or not? So the Prophet considered the idea of divorcing Aisha because of the accusation. Zayd said she's no, she's good and she's innocent. Imam Ali according to Aisha's claim in Bukhari, he said Allah hasn't restricted you to only her, you can marry another woman, so what, what's the big deal? but I recommend you ask her servant Buraira. Aisha had a female servant maid called Buraira. Imam Ali told the Prophet according to the version of Bukhari, ask Buraira. she's a truthful lady, she'll tell you whether Aisha is innocent or not, the Prophet asked Buraira, Buraira said yeah Aisha is innocent, later the Prophet tells Aisha look if you're innocent Allah is going to vindicate you, and if you sinned, meaning you committed the adultery, God will forgive you if you really seek his forgiveness. Then Aisha said finally the relief came when Allah revealed this verse in Surah An-Nur, declaring that I am innocent. This is the mainstream version according to Sunni sources in Bukhari specifically. Today. Ahl-Sunnah, they have made a huge virtue for Aisha from this story. See how Allah came to her defense, she's such a great wife of the Prophet. سماوات, above the seven heavens God vindicated her. So they consider this as a huge virtue for Aisha. Quick observations, the story that Bukhari narrates, does it hold logically academically or no? Number one, If you go by Bukhari's version, Bukhari's version indicates the Prophet actually doubted what she did and she said for a whole month he was dry with me, he didn't know should he divorce me, should he not, did I do it, did I not, am I innocent, am I not, is the rumor possible or not, he even changed the way he dealt with Aisha and even ignored her. Why is this problematic? You could say well the Prophet is a human, he can doubt her, Well, look at verse 12 of Surah An-Nur The Quran rebukes even the believers that when you hear this rumor, how is it that you can accept this rumor? It's not possible, Quran rebukes the believers for being suspicious of that accused lady, how can the Prophet be suspicious when the Quran is rebuking the believers? Is it possible that the Quran rebukes the believers of something that their own Prophet did? That's a contradiction. So Bukhari's version, the way Aisha narrates it, cannot stand, cannot be possible because it clearly states the Prophet actually doubted what happened and he gave the possibility that it did happen and the Quran condemned those people who had suspicions and it's not possible for the Quran to condemn the Prophet, impossible. Okay that's the first objection, the second objection According to Surah An-Nur, in the following verses, look at that same chapter after verses 11, the Quran tells us the punishment for Qadhf, what's Qadhf in Islamic law? When you accuse a person of adultery, that's called Qadhf, the Quran says if you accuse accuse someone of adultery and you can't bring four just witnesses who saw the act, you get lashed 80 times, if we go by Aisha's version, how come the Prophet didn't lash anybody? Didn't flog anyone? Didn't punish anyone? Why is he not following the instructions of the Quran? It's an objection. Number three, why did the Prophet consult um, Osama ibn Zayd or Ali ibn Abi Talib? Alayhi salam? He should know what to do in this situation. He's a Prophet of God, he knows best. His wife has been accused. He, he knows what to do, why do you go to Osama bin Zayd and consult him? should I divorce or should I not? He, he looks like confused, he doesn't know what to do, that's not right, that's not a prophet of God, in such a sensitive manner, he should know what to do. So when you put all these pieces together, it just does not hold, the story that Aisha tells us, just simply does not hold. For a month she says he ignored me, he really entertain the idea that I may have committed that indecency and I was so depressed and I was so sad, I went to my parents house and you know the Prophet would not do that, it's impossible. Secondly, assuming all of this is correct, why is that a virtue for Aisha? If someone, if someone who's not on the right path is accused of something that didn't happen and Allah says no that's an accusation, does that mean that this person is good? how does that follow, how does it follow that she is the best wife of the Prophet that she must be followed, how are you making that connection right now, right now if there is a, a, a mischievous person in the community but the person is wrongly accused and then I come and I say look you people this accusation is wrong, the person did not do that, does that mean I'm saying this person is a good person, no, I'm just negating the accusation, Now you can say, well why did God so strongly come in negating this accusation? Look she's the wife of the Prophet, this is the Prophet's honor, Allah has to come and defend the Prophet's honor, it's not because she's a good lady, it's because the Prophet's honor is being discussed now, people are talking in the city that his wife committed adultery, it's big, it's huge, especially in those societies, Allah has to come in the Quran and say no nothing like that happened, does it mean that that particular wife is a virtuous wife? Not necessarily, how are you making that distinct, that that connection here? And remember we mentioned other um, points when we talked about Maria, that another possible explanation of that these verses were about Maria, the wife of the Prophet, when she was accused, we talked about that before. And one of the pieces of evidence that we gave is that one was Surah An-Nur revealed, According to many historians, one was Surah An-Nur revealed that talks about this whole accusation, year 8 of the Hijrah, when did the supposed story of Aisha and the happen? year 5 of the Hijrah, God's going to wait three years in the Quran to come and uh, vindicate Aisha from that indecency, see the chronology of events and the time of revelation is in sync with the time Maria was accused, which is basically year eight, not the year where Aisha was accused. So these verses are more applicable to Maria than they are applicable to Aisha. In any case, it's not really clear what the circumstances of these verses are, exactly what happened, honestly scholars say it's not that clear, but we know Bukhari's version that makes it such a big virtue for Aisha is not a correct version. Because it accuses the prophet of doubting Aisha that she really did commit adultery. How does the prophet of God going to um, doubt her? And Allah keeps him waiting for a whole month. Would you do that to your prophet? His wife is accused, and you keep him hanging for thirty days with all these rumors. Very, very unlikely. What are your thoughts about this? Okay, so the, the, the thought? Do we we believe this is the, The Shia scholars are split, some of them believe yes, these verses were revealed after Aisha was accused. However, in no way does the Qur'an say that she's a good woman that needs to be followed. These are two things. A number of Shia scholars upon closely examining Bukhari's version, they're like, look, there's there's something doesn't add up. She's narrating it in the first person. She's trying to make this a big virtue for her and Bukhari's version has all these problems riddled in it, so we don't know exactly what happened, was it Aisha the way she narrates it, was it Maria, was it something else, we don't really know, but we'll not accept Bukhari's version, because Bukhari's version has all these issues, it shows the Prophet doubting his wife, it shows the Prophet confused, he has to consult Usama ibn Zayd, Uh, it's it's just a, a problematic narration in Bukhari that we cannot accept. One small Um, point to mention here, no Shi'as have ever stated that while the Prophet was alive, Aisha ever committed any act of indecency, you know this is negated by all scholars, what you have heard is some Shi'a and I'll openly say this because this is uh, not something that we can deny, there are some, the vast majority of, of scholars and pretty much almost all Maraja, almost all Maraja, they don't accept that Aisha did any indecency of this of this sort, even after the Prophet, but some believe, some believe according to the historical reports that they've seen, that after the Prophet passed away, there are some references of Aisha marrying Talha, now according to the Quran, the wives of the Prophet don't have the right to marry after the Prophet, so that's the indecency, indecency she committed, she entered a marital relationship that's not valid, so basically it was yeah, considered immoral, that is what some have said, not all, some have said that, otherwise during the Prophet's life, no no, of course no one accepts that, so that's uh, just to shed light on, on this whole discussion, so when you hear some of these you know Uh, ignorant people coming publicly and saying you know Aisha did this, they mean after the Prophet because she had no right to marry anyone, nobody means it during the Prophet's life.